you're listening to the Sassy Solopreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Silva, first-generation Latina, digital entrepreneur, and an online educator. On this show, you're getting an exclusive backstage pass on how I transformed my food blog, A Sassy Spoon, into a sustainable and profitable multi-six-figure business as a party of one. Tune in each and every week for the sassy vibes, authentic, no BS conversations, and actionable advice on how you too can build the profitable food blog business of your dreams. Let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Sassy Solopreneur Podcast. I am actually under the weather as we speak, but nevertheless, I am here. I am ready. And I really wanted to record today's podcast, even though I sound like someone's holding my nose, but it's all good. <laughs> I've actually been sick for the last couple of days, but I'm definitely feeling better. I'm in better spirits, and that's what matters. So in today's episode, I wanted to talk about the four mistakes I've made while scaling my food blog business. And I feel like this is important because so much of the time we only see the highlight reel. We only see you know, the end result, right? We see the the multi six-figure business. We see the 300,000 pages. We see, you know, the 12,000 email subscribers. And you're like, oh my God, I want that. But along the way, there's been a lot of ups and downs. You know, this has been seven years in the making and mistakes were made. Choices were made. <laughs> you know, things happened. And so I want to kind of paint the picture of like, this is this is real life. This is what really happened. And a question I keep asking myself is, like, if I had to start from scratch, what would I do differently? And so this is what I want to talk about in today's episode, because I think it's important to see the full picture, right? And so without further ado, let's jump in with the four mistakes I've made. Number one, I would say, as far as maybe mistakes or just maybe inexperience. I mean, we can chalk it up to whichever one. But if I was starting my food blog from scratch today, I would say I would not be changing my niche as often as I did, aka chasing keywords, falling into the comparison trap. They all kind of fall into the same category, to be honest. When I say changing my niche often, I can paint the picture really quick. In 2016, which is when I started, it was very influencer heavy during that time. So we had all the health and wellness influencers. We had very much the Instagram forward type of blogger, quote unquote, not necessarily the, or should I say, I mean, there were still bloggers, obviously people that had started before social media, but Instagram was becoming more of like the hub where everyone was, you know, starting or they were just like, pushing more of the content on there. It was very influencer heavy. That's what I mean by that. And so, you know, even bloggers, bloggers were kind of jumping off their platforms and going on social media more often too. But the problem with that for me was that I was chasing what was trending at the time. And so that caused me to change my niche several times, to be honest. Um, when I first, first started, like the first blog post ever, was related to Cuban food, which ironically enough is what I ended up doing. So I guess lesson number one here is trust your gut initially. Your gut knows, right? And knows what you're an expertise in and what you have experience in. So usually go with that. That should be first and foremost, right? 
I think for me, I got caught up in the numbers, which is what I mean by chasing keywords. When I say chasing keywords, I mean chasing the search volume, you know, just looking at what's what someone else in your world is ranking for and you trying to chase that number. Not necessarily to say that's wrong, but it shouldn't be priority because at the end of the day, you need to speak to that expertise. So if I see someone that is in the comfort food niche, which is pretty much what I am, I'm just in the sub niche of Cuban food. But if they're in the comfort food niche and they're going after, I don't know, carbonara pasta, suddenly I'm like, oh, I want to go after that too. But then it's like, well, that doesn't really go with your expertise. You're not like a pasta expert here. You're not, that's not your experience. It doesn't even have to do anything with Cuban food. So then you're just chasing keywords at that point and you're not really aligning with what your niche is, right? And so I caught myself doing that often, to be honest. I jumped from doing Cuban food, right? Then I jumped into just doing comfort food, which is not that it's bad, but it's just too wide, right? And we all know the more narrow your niche, the more you stand out. I just kept switching is the bottom line. I did vegan food. I did healthy Latin. I went back to Cuban. Then I did comfort food. Then it's just, it was all over the place. And that is, I would say, a major tell if you're catching yourself stuck at a page view plateau and you're like, I'm not growing. I'm literally stuck at this number and I had been for a while. Until you don't come to that realization and make the decision to be like, okay, I'm going to change my niche to make it a sub niche that fills a gap in the market. That's that's the only way you're going to break out of that. It's the only way to scale. It's the only way to grow. But I didn't catch on to that until way later. And then, of course, now I'm like, oh, well, duh, I should have done this from the beginning, right? <laughs> so just something to keep in mind when you are creating content from your for your blog and for your niche. Always be thinking how I can provide more value that aligns with my expertise and my experience. I have firsthand experience in Cuban cuisine because I was born in Cuban family. My parents are both Cuban. I was born and raised in it. So it's like I can speak to this niche better than anyone else, right? And so why was I chasing keywords? Why was I chasing after different things when I really had like this gold mine underneath that I could really speak to with so much authority? And so that's what I mean when I say don't let the comparison trap kind of get a hold of you. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard because you just are like, well, that's working for that person. Let me jump and do that now. And that's working for this person. Let me do this now. But the problem is that you really can't compare, especially to like the OG bloggers, um, because they start at a different time. They have longevity working in their favor. They have been doing this for much longer. They have a stronger authority. Whereas now we have to set that authority in terms of knowledge, in terms of helpful content. In, it's like a different approach almost to blogging. That's the way to be able to grow in 2023 and beyond is really to set yourself as the authority on a specific topic and literally run with it, okay? No more chasing keywords. No more looking at search volume and saying, okay, I'm just going to do a bunch of these keywords even if they don't make sense when you throw them on a blog. 
just because you're chasing a number, that is not going to build your authority. It may work in the short term, but along the way, you will plateau. And I'm telling you this as firsthand experience here. I'm telling you, this is what happened to me. And it was because of that. It was because I kept changing my niche. I kept jumping from thing to thing. I kept wanting to chase this number that when I finally made the decision to scale all the way down to a sub niche, as I call it, which is Cuban cuisine under the, the comfort food wide niche, right? That's when I actually saw growth. That's when my email subs tripled. That's when my revenue doubled. Everything changed all because I narrowed down so much further, which sounds so counterproductive. Okay, it doesn't make any sense. But I promise that made all the difference. Seriously. It also made content creation so much easier. Because when I was doing the other stuff before, when I was chasing the keywords and I was, I felt stuck. I felt paralyzed because I'm like, okay, what do I have to chase now? I didn't have direction. The direction was the number. And honestly, that wasn't sustainable, to be honest. You know, I think first and foremost, you just have to decide like, this is the niche I'm going to go with and run with it. You know, this is the niche that I can speak to the most if I... Usually I say, if you were asked to do a TED Talk, what can you talk about for an hour, an hour and a half? What can you write about for a hundred posts? Like that is how you realize this is, this is my niche. This is what I can confidently talk about for a hundred posts and run with that. Even if it sounds like, oh my God, but the search volume is like a hundred. It doesn't matter because you're going to find your people. That's what stopped me for a long time from running with Cuban food, Cuban cuisine. That stopped me so much. It's just seeing like, oh, well, the search volume is low. I'm not going to be able to grow that much because, you know, I'm not going to find an audience that's going to be as vast as like Mexican cuisine or Puerto Rican cuisine or Moroccan cuisine or anything else. Right. I felt like Cuban food was way too niche. But you know what? It was the absolute opposite because those people become your return audience. Your time on site increases. Your bounce rate decreases. Like everything changes when you finally find something that you can own and you can speak to with confidence. I promise. I know it sounds kind of productive, but, but trust me here. Okay, so mistake number two, I would say, is accepting work that I really didn't want to do and then resenting it all along the way. And the plot twist here is that wasn't the mistake. The mistake was my mindset going into that. And here's why. There was a season in my trajectory that I definitely had more photography clients. I was working with other bloggers or other brands on different photo shoots. There was different opportunities that I did even sponsored ones as well that I took on to help me pay the bills, right? To fund this dream that I had of wanting to live off of my blog forever, right? And so I I feel like I resented a lot of that work and may and that may have been true, but I feel like if I would have reframed my mindset going into them, it would have been a lot more pleasant. And so that was the mistake, not necessarily accepting the work, but just the mindset that came along with that wasn't the right one. 
Instead, I should have been like, you know what? This is a temporary season. This is funding your dream. It's all good. Don't resent this work because it's a building block in what you're eventually building, right? And it was temporary. Like, if I look back, I'm like, why was I feeling so resentful for something that I needed at the time? So if you're in a similar position and you're like, oh my God, I just want to live off the blog. It's not forever. You're not chained to this particular project forever. And that is so freeing to think of it that way. Because so many times we think, oh my God, like a nine to five, like we're stuck in this nine to five for 40 years. No, we're not. No, you're not. <laughs> you can absolutely switch it up, you know, and as you grow your blog and your pages increase and you have different goals and you continue to scale, you'll be able to say, okay, well, I can now maybe let go of XYZ project so that I can free up time to focus more on the blog. That's exactly what I did. And I feel like I've maybe would have enjoyed those projects a little more if maybe I had set some boundaries, if I wasn't just in the people-pleasing realm of just saying yes to everything, even though deep down I'm like, but this isn't really aligned with me. Why am I saying yes to everything, you know? So just being a lot more mindful, just, you know, reframing my mindset to say this is just a season, this is temporary, this is funding my dream. I think I would have enjoyed that season a little more had I approached it from a more accepting that the season was temporary type of mindset. Number three is not outsourcing more tasks sooner. I am a little bit of a control freak, in case you haven't noticed, which I feel like a lot of us are. You know, our businesses are our babies. And so we want to protect them and we want to make sure everything is perfect and everything else. But what happens is that the only way to scale is to outsource because you have to multiply yourself. And so I didn't really catch on to that mentality till way later. And so I feel like if I could start over again, I would absolutely outsource sooner, whether that's social media, whether that's food photography, the writing, you know, anything that can help me just work quicker or could help me produce content faster or just help me shift my focus to more revenue generating activities. That definitely would have been absolutely worth it. So don't be afraid to outsource as long as you have your SOPs in order, as long as you have all your step by steps that will teach someone how to work just like you so that you can clone yourself. It helps when you have your SOPs in order and you're able to just hand it off to someone that's going to be able to help you with all of your work. And that is invaluable. Okay, that's CEO vibes right there. So this is what we want. We want to multiply ourselves so that we are, number one, not going to burn out, right? Number two, we can grow and continue to grow and use our time wisely and be able to get more done in less time. And so that we don't feel so overwhelmed all the time. It is absolutely a game changer. I wish I would have outsourced way sooner. And number four, I would say kind of in the same vibe as number two is overextending myself. I feel like as someone that was diagnosed about two years ago with ADHD, 
I can absolutely see where I can just overdo it all the time. You know, whether that means I just, you know, want to keep momentum. So I skip lunch and I just keep working, 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 working because I don't want to break, you know, that momentum to trying to <laughs> convince myself that I could do 10 recipes tomorrow morning. It's like, okay, relax. You know, like you are definitely too ambitious. You need to kind of come to terms with that and be like, okay, Rome wasn't built in the day, right? And I think that's where systems for me is just like, that was my life savior, to be honest, because if I didn't break up my task into like mini tasks and like mini systems, I would hate my life. Okay, because overextending yourself leads to burnout. It leads to exhaustion. It leads to you absolutely resenting everything and hating everything. And that's where I feel that a lot of us, we get to that point where we're like, my God, what are we doing here? I'm so exhausted. What, you know, what was my why again? I forgot. I'm so tired, you know, because there's so many things that we have to do as food bloggers. And so breaking those, those different tasks apart, outsourcing them, or breaking them into bite-sized systems where you're doing one to three things per day and just doing that and checking them off the list, you're going to feel so much better. Your mindset's going to thank you. It's going to feel a lot more doable than if you're like, I'm going to do five shoots this morning and then I'm going to do all five blog posts today. I'm going to edit the pictures. I'm going to do everything. And by midnight tonight, there's going to be five blog posts on the blog. That is insanity. <laughs> do not. Do not do that to yourself. It is insanity. And I know we've done that. I know we've we've woken up with all the enthusiasm in the world to be like, I'm going to do this and this and this. And that's not a bad thing. It's just like you have to also be real. You know, you have to be real. It's maybe you will be able to do that that one time, but it's not something that's sustainable long term. And that's why. I always talk about systems. I'm always talking about SOPs and outsourcing because we need the help. It takes a village, man. It takes a village. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to outsource. And don't be afraid to do things in bite-sized pieces. Whether that one blog post took you four or five days to do, who cares? I'd rather you divide that one blog post into prepping, planning, batching, creating, publishing and doing one thing each day that at the end of the week you're like okay I did the blog post it took me a whole week but I did it that's way better than if you try to do five on Monday and by Wednesday you're like f this I'm done I don't want to do anything I'm just gonna go to I'm gonna go to sleep <laughs> I'm gonna take a nap because I'm over this and that's way worse than if you would at least would have checked one blog post off the list, right? You know what I mean? And so that is what I would say. If I had to start everything from scratch, I would absolutely not chase keywords, not change my niche as often as I did, not fall into that comparison trap that is so insane where you just want to do it all and you want to, you know, tap into all the things. And really, it just is distracting. It just distracts you and it dilutes your whole plan and also no resenting my work because there is a purpose instead I would set boundaries I would quit on the people pleasing I would definitely outsource more tasks sooner 
and I would be smarter with my time and with overextending myself, just realizing what I'm doing at the time and realizing, okay, I can maybe do it, but do I want to do it? I don't want to burn myself out. So let's scale back and let's be realistic. What can you actually do right now that can help you move that needle forward just a little bit more? And so that's that on that for this episode. I hope you found value in learning from my mistakes. And it's totally okay to realize, you know what? I've been making this mistake for a couple years or a couple months or whatever it is and say, from now on, I'm going to do it this way. Totally fine. There is no race to the finish line. You're going at your own pace and your blog is growing at the pace that you are comfortable with. And that is the most important part. We're not trying to do too much over here. No CEO of doing too much, okay? (laughs) So I hope this was helpful for you. Thank you so much for listening. DM me at the Jamie Silva. I'd love to hear what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. And I'll catch you on the next one.